Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Have you been itching to start your own recruiting agency? Are you a badass biller and tired of giving the agency owner your money? You want to keep it? I would too. And I did, which is why I've started my Millionaire Recruiter program in order to help people like you that have the drive, the know-how, but perhaps need a push. You need to be uncomfortable. You need to have more efficient tools and techniques with BizDev, with your value prop with the why your company, you need to have fee agreements and decks and websites and ah, just clout. You need that help? I'm here for you. And the program is absolutely amazing. If you want to learn more, want to see if this is finally your ticket to success, click down here below and let's chat. Hello, hello. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Talent Takeover Unfiltered. We have yet another special guest, Mimi Gross, who is the cybersecurity matchmaker recruiter who is always keeping it classy. So this is what this episode's about is how to keep it classy as a recruiter. Freaking dig this title. How are you doing, Mimi? Hey, I'm good. I know it's my favorite thing. I think I've been using the word classy next to everything I do in recruiting to like kind of explain myself for years. <laughs> the code of ethics. Yeah, Taylor, how are you doing? That. Love that. I'm doing good. Doing good. Ready to Kick the tires and light some fires today. This <laughs> shit, you are ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, no, you know these get me energized. It's fun. And I've heard so much about Mimi from you that I'm really, really excited to finally get to connect with her and especially talk about keeping it classy, which is something Brianna and I both do very well. Yeah, very, very well. I, it's an edge. Don't it you think it's, a, it's, a, it's an edge? Because you can't keep it classy by being like too formal and weird, you know? You have... It, it's like really close to the edge of not classy. Of <laughs> <laughs> spinach in your teeth and metaphera. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of Anchorman whenever I hear keep it classy, which we all know exactly to your point, Mimi, is like the opposite of keeping it classy. You know, <laughs> that show. I always think about that. But yeah, I think to your point, Mimi, classy is like being authentic. It's like being your true self. To me, that's what it means, including having spit. I love to Brianna. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. No, actually, uh, I tagged both of you with uh, lovely ladies in my post this morning on LinkedIn. I did just like a quick, like little keep it classy video, essentially, and then realized, oh my God, we're actually talking about this today. And this was planned like three weeks ago. Cause you know, oh, I wish I, I had seen it. <laughs> I do it in matches. Now you'll see it. And it was just such so ironic. Like, oh my God, I'm talking to Mimi today about this exact thing. Hilarious. Love it. It was just basically like, you know, women keeping it classy but still having a voice yeah and you can have a voice and say what you want to say and not say it like a truck driver you know right i mean it's it's i think it's like there's something but i love that taylor you brought in this idea of authentic because authentic is also always a part of my thing and it is interesting because i had never made that connection but the connection is it's authentic and appropriate while being i think fun and engaging 
So true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think authentic is a great add to that because that's what people pick up on as classy. Wow, that was authentic. But if it's authentic and it's like all over the place and I mean, this finishing your teeth is really borderline. <laughs> I, I think it passes, but it's, but you know, I mean, I would also say self-aware, you know, I mean, as we're, I, you know, we might as well just kind of construct this as we speak, but the idea is you're, you're processed. Your authenticity is processed. It is considerate. So there's, I think there is a lot of that weird talk about authenticity being very raw, but I'm not into that. I mean, raw is okay when it's intimate, you know, between friends and something special between people who really have that relationship. But it's, it's a, it's a subtle difference. You know, so there's kind of a subtle guess? filter is what you're, yeah, you're trying like to say. Subtle filter. And that filter has a kind of thoughtfulness about it. It's considerate um, because it's actually not considerate to just be your authentic self, whatever you feel all the time. It's not engaging. It's just, you know, outward. It's not something that's like an interplay between what's out there and what's in here. So, so how is recruiters, because as we're like, you know, a lot of shit that us recruiters go through, we're on the client yeah. side, yeah, the candidate side. And sometimes I feel that clients maybe get the better of us than candidates do. That's interesting. So how do you just, how do you always like, I mean, is that just your motto? Like whenever someone's like kind of pissing you off or, or driving you crazy or just like, all right, I'm just going to keep it classy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, I think that as a baseline is great. You're right. Our clients get it. I guess naturally that would be the logical way. But I think we could even bring it further down because it's like classy isn't about being polite. It's it's a classy is a way of saying difficult things. It's a way of being annoying and persistent. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. not just classy isn't just like the customer service side of it. It's a lot and that's not like we 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 went super philosophical really fast but i think it's i think it might be worthy of it only yeah. because yeah so you could be calculated and be classy or you should be calculated yeah like, i feel like there's like a negative connotation with the word calculated but sure i i think exactly like how you just defined it maybe you could be classy and be calculated and actually maybe part of being classy as we're defining it is to be calculated yeah, and I love that you put it authentic because, like, calculated isn't going to equal classy if you're stiff and you're not being yourself. So true. So in situations with candidates, um, you know, I guess there there's so many sides because there's, like, how does a candidate stay classy with you as a recruiter? How does a candidate stay classy with a company as they're in the process? Mm -hmm. Then there's how does the company stay classy? Yeah, but of course, his own shit show. Exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a whole load of ways that classiness breaks down on all fronts in the recruiting sphere. So then there's also obviously us as recruiters that how do we stay classy? And, you know, I think in some ways we are that middle ground, like we're keeping everyone classy. And mm -hmm. if we're classy, we keep the process classy. Um, and I think there's a little more wiggle room on either side. But you know, like if we hold that together, I think it can make a big difference. Um, yeah, I was going to add to that. Like, I think that your approach in anything like is that is going to be the difference between your success and failure. 
you know, so exactly like what you're talking about, how we approach things as recruiters, how we approach things with the candidates, how we approach things with the client. That's going to determine that's going to be the difference, again, between success and failure. Yeah, I think, yeah, us external recruiters, we set a certain tone. It's it's a huge sure. part of what we do. It's crazy, actually. It is kind of How? crazy when you really think about it. And then you think about people are kind of so dismissive, especially right now, of recruiters and the role they play in organizations and laying them off. And it's like, we're really the puzzle piece of the glue, a missing puzzle piece in the glue to a lot of different things. And recruiting, as we know and have talked about, hence why we created this podcast, doesn't really get that credit. Totally. Now I love, because you know we talk about candidate experience all the time, client experience, all those things, but it's like, let's bring the classy experience to the candidate. You know what I mean? Like, let's, yeah. bring, let, let's bring it on. I like how you said classy process too. And then what was interesting is Taylor saying calculated, because you're like, you're right, normally calculated is like manipulative. Right. Um, but, and then also I'm thinking of aggressive. So there's a lot of different terms that you do have to be aggressive. As a sure. But people are like scared of that. Ah. You don't have to be calculated because you do have to really put puzzle pieces together in a way that a lot of people don't understand where we have to bring the client and the candidate mm-hmm. together. And sometimes we have to get get them out of their own shit. You know, it's totally. like you're all up in here thinking you want this and you want that. But are, are we seeing that we're not that far apart and we have to bring it together in that classy way? So a hundred percent. I mean, you know, I, I just OK, I know Brianna loves actual examples. So I made sure I made sure I love going philosophical all out, but I made sure to bring some with me. So one of the one of the examples of that where like we suddenly sometimes find ourselves being asked to bring it together by the situation mm-hmm. is so I had I had a recent experience where there was a role that was open. And you know, you guys work on technical roles. So there once you're in technical land. I don't know if things are as fluid as in sales and marketing, but there was a role open. The person wasn't, that was an amazing cultural fit, amazing work product that would have been great for the company as a whole, but not for that role particularly. So they fell in love with this person and really wanted to continue the process. And the candidate really was excited, so was willing and it turned into like a nine-step process. Woof. And I had to, at a certain point, come in and say, hey, hey, can we get a title for what you're picturing? Can we get a description? I know you like this person. I know this person's like in a situation where it's worth it for them to follow you where you're taking them. But this isn't this isn't right. This isn't it's good. Not it's not a good look. It's not classy. <laughs> so I f- kind of found myself it's really funny because I call myself a matchmaker and I really you know if if two people were like dating and there was a matchmaker who was their guide like hey guys this is, this is ridiculous like you either break up or you, you know, together figure this shit out <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you know and it's like so you sometimes need that third party to be like this isn't how it's supposed to be this isn't classy this is something else so I you know I mean that's one example of how I think we kind of come into the process like that um what happened though so did they oh sincere did that (laughs) they appreciated my feedback (laughs) you know I had to be careful I didn't this person really was excited so I didn't want to comment strong 
I didn't want to like ruin the opportunity. I didn't want to do a hard sell on some kind of like, here's your bottom line, you know, what's the word, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, give them a an ultimatum. I don't want to do any of that. Mm-hmm. So I just came in and I said, look, um, here's the situation. I haven't seen this before. I've never seen a thing like this. Um, I know that you're excited. I know that he's excited. Um, Is there a way that we can kind of like do one of two things? Either get a title that you're envisioning and something really strong that you have shown that you have a vision for this. Or can we allow the person to make a pitch for what they want to be doing for you guys? Because clearly there's something some reason you don't want to let the person go right right because we see that all the time i mean if it's not happening there's a reason so there's something there i didn't want to break that so i had to kind of give them this gentle classy push to something because it literally was on the path of going on forever and it was just ridiculous it's just not healthy for both sides no it's not healthy for both sides it's not good it's not a good look for either party because then the person starts to look like they're allowing this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the company starts to get a reputation for not being clear about what they need and about what they are so i had to harness that and there's no one else there was no one else to do it you know you look around like Someone should do something. Someone saying something, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. oh, I, I, I guess it's me because I'm the one. So does uh, the person work there? No. I was hoping this had a happy. I know. Well, a happy ending is that well, it didn't, you know, like things that shouldn't go like that don't. Yeah. <laughs> the happy ending is the instincts are always right. So I had to, you know, I mean, look, we're dealing with people's lives. We're dealing with companies' futures. So we do, I mean, do you find, I I feel like there's a lot of gravity when I come in the mix. Like I don't call, it's not the perfect metaphor, but I like to say, I don't like to mess with the time-space continuum. Mm. You know, like. Sci-fi of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think no sci-fi person would call back to the. (laughs) I'm not sci-fi, obviously. Ever since Star Wars, sci-fi, that's where we at. I've never seen any of it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I went through back to the future. No, she's saying she's saying Star Wars or. Yeah, um, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, we would insult the sci-fi people by saying. Well, good thing none of them are intruders. (laughs) They probably all listen to this. (laughs) But do you ever feel that way sometimes? Like when you're seeing something and you just. It's like you feel like really like careful you want to be really careful about what you do because you don't want to be the reason something didn't work out or the reason that something did work out and it shouldn't have yeah no i think the analogy that you used earlier about being a matchmaker and this situation that you outlined is is like perfect it's like either propose or break up you know you're at that point and someone's got to tell you that and a lot of times friends won't do it or friends will do it a little too hard on the side of the person they love. True. Yeah. So they're not seeing the fuller picture. You know, we see it all. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear any examples that you have of or stories. You said you came prepared. So sorry to put you all the spot. Don't have one of where um, a recruiter didn't keep it classy or maybe a situation that where you felt like, by the way, where we're defining it. You didn't maybe keep it classy. 
That's great. Okay, so let me that I didn't come with because, you know, that's a little deeper. But um, I can talk about, okay, I will think about that as we're talking, like an example of where I feel I maybe messed up because I love to be authentic and share that. But I, I'm, uh, and I have, mm-hmm. I have not been my perfect self and I'll think about that. The other one was where someone else wasn't, where I saw a recruiter not being classy. Yeah. Either you yourself personally did something or you've witnessed it with other recruiters. Cause we know there's examples that exist out there that are kind of what give recruiters okay. a bad, a bad name. Like they ghost candidates or, you know, right. don't get back. So stuff like, like we could give those general so th- examples. Those are good examples. Yeah. yeah. Like in terms of places where we in general and, and, Probably it'll it'll bring up someplace where I've actually done it. But um, because I have ghosted, I have ghosted. I have not gotten back to people. There is a, a human side to what we do. We talk sure. to an insane amount of people. So I do try sometimes to help the industry, I guess. When someone's like, and this shitty recruiter just goes to me. I'm like, you know what? They like that's not right. But they probably just have so much going on, you know, and and I've done it and stuff like that. But um, I think that there's a couple ways that we we get into situations where we can be unclassy, which is mm-hmm. that the minute somebody doesn't fall into like where our money today agenda lies, then they will naturally fall out of the top of the line. And so that's a place to be classy and to remember that it's not money today. It's money tomorrow. That's so much better money. And so if we lose a relationship because suddenly that person's off of the money, like generating immediately money generating, you know, spectrum, um, that's unclassy and we will lose that relationship. And I, I have, I will say that I have, okay, here's where it is. People that I didn't give a lot of attention to. I had situations where they were very, very willing to go with someone else when the time came, where there could have been a situation where that person, no, I am I am in this very niche little spot. So the, the candidates that have this deep relationship with me and we're really in it together, mm-hmm. they will call me the minute they see something rumbling in a company. And they're like, do you work with these guys? And sometimes I can get even get them in there, even if I don't work with them. But nine, you know, I would say six times out of 10, they are a client and I could probably make a phone call. But if they feel that I haven't given them that time of day, why would they do that? Just go with whoever you see posting the job or whatever it is, or go directly to the company. So I feel like that's a way that I've made mistakes and I've done it well and I've seen the results. It's the like, you know, the the understanding that, you know, maybe somebody fell off my radar and then I didn't have that relationship. And that one little thing could have kept that. Yeah. Yeah. So long, you know, it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. What uh, you, know, you and I had talked about a couple months ago at this point is essentially how like when you first get a client. Uh, you basically say, look, I'm going give to give you my all for two weeks and then we're going to see how it is. Right. <laughs> but I think uh, a lot of people, and I think that's great, you have to be upfront and you have to show your expectations. And so right. there's no miscommunication. Right. And so people ask a lot, especially on on uh, Millionaire U- YouTube channel, is like, how do we let go of clients? Because like, especially mm-hmm. now, it's like they're gold, right? Like everyone's like, oh my God, you have, a, you have clients? Like, why would we get rid of them? But 
at the end of the day, you have to because it doesn't work out for for you, your process, your candidates. There's so many reasons why. So how do you how do you have that conversation? I had a crazy example of something recently where um, I had a client that was looking for a role that was the right kind of role for me. The right like it was like a senior senior most marketing role, first marketing role, and. I was so excited to do it. We were we were looking. They're awesome. We have a great relationship. Um, you know, when they were going public, it was in stealth. When they were going out of stealth, they like called for my home address to send me a swag bag. Like they really were yeah. in it with me. Yeah, it was awesome. So I really was excited for them. But they did in between coming out of stealth, they wanted to take like a six month pause from that role. And they said, but we happen to be looking for like a more junior salesperson. And I'm like, oh, gosh. That is the worst idea, you know, like as the first salesperson in the entire company in stealth mode. I was like, so I I did my thing and I said, I'm probably not going to be successful here, but I will give it a shot. And um, I gave it a shot, like a gentle shot, but also found them like I wanted to make the argument to them that it wasn't the right role to do first. So I did find like three people across the spectrum, like somebody really junior in the price range they wanted, somebody medium in a little higher price range, and then somebody who would be actually a great fit as a first salesperson. And I I actually did find those people. And I was like, great, now I can like give my little like PowerPoint on <laughs> virtual PowerPoint on like, you know, how this is like a waste of everybody's time. And but you still love me because I did this great thing. And anyway, it came time to look for their VP of sales. And because I had agreed to look for this junior role, they didn't realize that I do senior roles oh. in sales. So they were like, oh, we thought you were just marketing. And then, you know, maybe. And I realized like it wasn't classy in a, in a couple different ways. So number one, I did. I thought I set up the expectation properly. I had a whole agenda in my mind about the lesson I was going to be like delivering around this. And then they just like took a retained firm and like, we're talking to literally the same people that I was like in, in touch with. And obviously that was a directive from the VC or whatever it is. But if I had been kind of like, like, I think there was like a disconnect there. Like I kind of wanted to do this good thing, but it was not something that had integrity for what I normally do. And I got myself in trouble that way. It's long-winded, but yeah, and yeah. I hope it's coming through. Like, it's this idea of, like, you think you're doing a nice thing, but, like, you really have to keep your integrity. Yeah. Or or you can so easily, like, be misread. Yes. I love the way you just framed that up. Keep your integrity or you'll be misread. Stay true to who you are, like, what you knew you could deliver, even though you had the best of intentions. Yeah, I should have just said I don't do that. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea anyway. <laughs> well, so did you ever tell them that you didn't think it was a good idea? I did. <laughs> but okay. I said, I'll look. So the integrity, the classy thing would have, and, and it's like subtle. Like that's what I was talking about. We're on yeah. the edge. The subtle piece of integrity slash classy thing to do would have been to say, I don't love that idea. I'm here for you if you want to hire the right person for that role. Mm-hmm. And I'm also here for you for the role we were looking for. And I know you, and I'm sure they'll call me back for that role. It's not like I ruined the relationship, but I was, I ended up feeling slighted as the recruiter because I communicated something by not being 
you know, not by not being firm, I communicate something I didn't intend to communicate. Yeah. Like, um, like I'm willing to do whatever and I'm not willing to do whatever. So, so that's its own yeah. separate thing because, you know, we definitely get caught. And I think there's a lot of recruiters out there. Like I know a lot of tech recruiters are being like, Hey, should I go to healthcare? Hey, should I do this? Like, because you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different movements. I mean, we're even getting other, other people reaching out to us because our, our reach is getting bigger, which is right. awesome. And it feels that's good. Awesome. But we're getting people be like, hey, do you do X, Y, Z? And because, you know, Taylor's Renaissance and I'm tech, we can technically do yep. lots of different things, but it is hard. And I know you're talking about when your integrity, it's like, I, I do this, you know, it's but it's like really hard. Revenue. Yeah, it's really hard to stick to that. I, th I think that, you know, the secret of why I was able to to be really successful in this like little sliver of a space is because I, I definitely said yes a few times. I, I made some great money actually trying in a biotech for a minute, but I said, no, I got to do me. And that is like the faith and the kind of integrity of like knowing what you deliver and the relationship and community that you're building as a recruiter mm -hmm. that is going to build on itself. And you will be the best person for that niche that you're in if you stick to it. But it's very tempting not to. <laughs> <laughs> I I love your self reflection about what you could have done different, and you know, staying true and and integ to who you are, your integrity. But as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking like, where when why did that company keep it classy and have a conversation with you about hey we we're ready to hire this? I, on the flip side of that, I think wow you did this amazing thing by saying okay I'll, I'll give it a go. That's not usually what I within my wheelhouse, but I'll give it a go to help you guys out. I would think that they're should have been a level of communication if I was that client to come back to you and say, hey, we're ready to hire this person, even if they didn't think you were the one that that was going to do it. Hey, do you know anybody? I still this think is. Oh, sorry. I don't want to go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm so excited about yes. that you brought up. Brought yes. up. Go for it. This is probably one of the most important places to be classy, which is they should have said something. We're in a relationship here. They yeah. should have done that. They should have done. They should have. They should have understood that when I said I don't do that, but I'm going to do it as a favor. They should have remembered that always. Yeah. But that's what I found is like the inherent thing of classiness is never blame other people. Ever. Because they have their own thing. I have to know that like anything I need, I either have to say no or I have to say it a hundred times every time I talk to them. And then that's annoying. So like, why am I even doing that? Mm -hmm. So I and I hear you. I, I think that there was probably at the beginning and I would say for sure in my life, <laughs> you know, I blame I you know, you want to blame somebody because they're not being their their best self and you want to be your best self and you want to be in relationships with people who are being their best selves so you can be yours and all that. So I think this really is one of those classy, classy moments where it's like, we can bitch about it to our friends and our fellow recruiters and yep. how crazy was that? <laughs> but when it comes to like them, you have to, ch and this is part of integrity. It's like, they did that. I'm going to, I'm going to take a minute when they come back to me to ask me about the next thing and make sure that that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, like, like it does, there's this kind of like, um, a little bit of a vicious like vicious element of you can't making somebody feel guilty for wronging you it doesn't fix it 
and it doesn't make the relationship better almost ever. Does uh, that make sense? No, I totally agree. I think for any of our listeners that maybe are hiring managers or clients, I think that's where this is uh, serves a, as a learning moment. Oh, it, it's yeah. like just communication would have been nice. And I, you're very zen and for you're sure. woo-saw about it. And you're clearly, <laughs> and I'm over here like this, I'm sweating. I'm like, this really chaps my ass for her. <laughs> and as we're talking about keeping it classy, I'm like, oh, that, I mean, just have it. It's just a conversation. No, so you have to make so it I, guilty, but just, I want to say I punish. There's punishment. If I sound like I'm zen, then I am not. So he prevents it, but her alter ego. (laughs) Well, I think it's part of this idea of like, I'm pissed. I know that they didn't do the right thing by me. I know like with the other situation, that makes me lose respect for them. For sure. I am vicious about offering my respect. And so if someone's doing that, then they will immediately lose respect. But that it's almost like, then they don't deserve me to call them on it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless the relationship is deep enough where I want to do that or there is that trust and it's something real and I want to say, look, and I have clients like that who have done something totally unintentional and we have that kind of relationship where I can say it and we've moved through things. And I've had candidates who've done really yeah. weird, shady stuff that didn't intend to and I called them on it and we got through it and, and deepened. But it's not always, you know what I mean? Like the impulse is to like, and my impulse is to like always call people on everything. <laughs> Amen, sister. So I just found with, like, there you go. I don't, Taylor, I don't want you to think that, you know, I'm just like, but after I turn the other cheek. No, no, no. It's like, that's my inclination. But when I come to the business table, I found that the 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 money tomorrow kind of thing is is encapsulated in not calling people out all the time, which is extraordinarily painful and hard for me. I love that. When you were starting to talk about this story, I'm thinking to myself, it's the company not keeping it classy. I was on Taylor's side on this one. But you are radiating emotional intelligence. Yeah, like there there couldn't be any more going through your, your veins right now because like that, and I, I think we have to, because we're right now we're time, we have to have you back. Oh my God, that. are we out of time? I know, I know. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's so sad. It's so easy uh, because having emotional intelligence in recruiting and business in general is a very, very hard thing to do because it is not in your nature. Like it's not in your nature, right? To not freak the fuck out. It's not in your nature to be like, are you joking? I can, you know, and like burn bridges and throw shit and stuff like that. So when you're talking about keeping it classy, you're also talking about holding your, you know, your EQ on that. Yeah. So I think that's what it comes down to. Oh, we've talked about this, Brianna, just when you were on my show, just that there is a certain magic to being a good recruiter. These like qualities that people don't necessarily realize exist. Mm -hmm. And I think emotional intelligence and the ability to act on that intelligence is a huge one. We could totally go off. That's massive. Forever on that. Um, oh, it's always so, and Taylor, it's so great to meet you. This is, I love this. We're definitely gonna have to chat again. Yeah. Yes. So, 100%. let's hit him, hit him with your broke to boss tip, Mimi. Oh, the broke to boss tip. Yeah. <laughs> I know you gave him lots, technically. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. I didn't realize that I would be saying it. <laughs> I think you said, a, I think you said a lot of them. And so I think broke to boss is, you know what? I, I would say money today, money tomorrow. 
always mm-hmm. money tomorrow because it will come and then you get to enjoy the relationship today. And that's, I think, guided me on so many choices in terms of when I call people. So good. <laughs> that's, that's so good. That's a really, really good one. Yeah. Love that. And yeah, so you keep it classy. That's, that is the, <laughs> that is a driver. That's a driver. All right. Oh, this is so fun. Love it. Having me. Super fun. Thank you all for listening and check out Mimi Gross. Yes. Bye. Thanks y'all.